You are now listening to Showtime Unplugged, presented by Johnny Showtime Productions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Showtime Unplugged. I'm your host, I'm Johnny Showtime. I'm here today with a great guest, but before we get to him, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and uh, giving me the conscious support that you've been giving. All the feedback is great. I just hit a little over 300 downloads this week, so you know I'm definitely feeling myself a little bit. So um, I hope to keep carrying the wave and constantly giving good content and having awesome guests. And again, if, if you reach out to me with some criticism or anything, I am not going to shun you. I, I love all criticism. I love all the nice things you say and, you know, if you have any ideas to throw at me to help me out, I am taking them all. But now back to the man of the hour, besides me, of course. This guy, everyone knows him from my Snap story, Jake the personal trainer. Get my ass back into shape and then slowly declined when I stopped showing up to the gym. And <laughs> but everybody, this is Jake Housel. Yo, what's up? Jake, it's good to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. You should add a little like applause after the 300 downloads. I, I, you know what? I might have to edit in yeah, there. there That's go. not a bad idea. Just a reminder. No, I'm going to type that on my pad right now. Uh, everybody, if you don't know Jake, um, where the fuck have you been? Because Jake is a serious member of uh, Johnny Showtime Productions. And uh, I've been trying to get him on for a while. And thankfully, we have the time to record today and have a kick-ass episode. Yeah, let's do it. Hell yeah. So uh, I want to start off by how we met, because it was uh, a lot of the people I meet recently that I have on the show, I meet through the restaurant business, and you're definitely one of pretty much everyone except for Ralph that <laughs> has come on the show. But uh, uh, me and Jake worked together when I was a line cook, and he was a server, and we basically fucked around all shift, and... One thing led to another. We just came in really good friends and started hanging out after work and stuff. And here we are now today. I definitely thought you were my boss when I first came on. Were you not? What do you mean? I thought you were like the, the manager. No, when you first worked, you worked like only a couple of weeks because uh, you went away to school. That's right. And I was a line cook. And then when you came back, then mm. I was managing and Jeff gave me your number and I was like, yo, if you want to come back, I got you, dog. And I was pretty much, you know, unemployed and not doing anything, so... Yeah, I figured it'd be better than throwing rocks at the wall. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, shit, a lot of, you know, again, it's just crazy how, like, so many people I meet through the restaurant industry and I just, like, befriend them, but, like... Well, dude, it's because you're, like, the friendly manager that people feel comfortable with and, you know, it kind of pans out. True. Uh, because, you know, some people that work here that run the place, you know, maybe aren't as friendly, who knows. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a fact. Um, so, when we first met, 
You were in school. Yep, I was in and business what were you school. Doing? You were in business mm -hmm. school. And um, not doing program. anything useful. You mm -hmm. know, like at the end of the day, like it was it's a good experience to go to get your degree, I guess, at some point. Helps you get a job maybe, get internships, but uh you know, it was kinda like just like following like a norm, I guess. Yeah, pretty much doing what everybody does after mm -hmm. high school and they're not sure what to do. Yeah, exactly. So then one day you took a path and went through the music industry. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's kind of why I came to New York in the first place. Yeah. Um, I originally was going to school for, to become an economist. And uh, I guess my dad was kind of like, why? And I didn't have a good answer. And I always had a background that involved music in some form. And so he was like, you should come here and, you know, take a shot at this because it doesn't look like you really give a shit about what you're doing and anything <laughs> else. And, yeah, that, that's how I ended up here. I went to uh, uh, Five Towns. Uh, school's a joke. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah. Did, so when you got into, um, like, obviously, like, the music business, did you have, like, any inspiration at all? Or it was kind of just, like, it was there and then you, like, learned to like it type of thing? I don't remember what my inspirations were, but I definitely... I mean, I guess getting into the business side of it, it's kind of difficult. Yeah. I always wanted to be a rapper when I was younger. Really? Um, oh, yeah, definitely. All, ah, all my friends, everyone was rapping. We had studios and shit. Like, all, all sorts of uh, gear. And we spent so much time on the creative side. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my dad, he uh, toured for a long time uh, in a band. And he's old as hell. So what, this what did he a while ago. Uh, guitar, piano, a little bit of everything. Oh, Jesus. But he was in like a series of different bands. He toured around the United States. Nothing like huge, just like, you know, like hopping your whip and people will take you and put you on stages. And so he kind of drove, drove around and uh, I looked at his path and I was like, well, I see what he's doing right now. And he had a lot of fun while he was doing it. But in reality, like, uh, how far do you go down the creative path where, before you're like, you know what? I might not be made for this in, in so many words, I guess. And, yeah. uh, um, so that's why I came to the business side, but my inspirations were more so in like all the rappers I looked up to. Um, and then I guess business wise, like, like probably names pop up, but it's not like common names or anything like that. Like obviously I think everyone on this, on, in the business looks up to people like Diddy and Jay-Z and, you know, Dre, people that put together these empires. But yeah. I don't know. I, I think I was looking more so like, oh, I think that rapper is so fucking dope. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And then kind of went from there. That's so cool. So after Five Towns, you landed, it took a little bit, obviously, because, mm -hmm. you know, that's how the world works. College just basically goes, all right, here's your diploma. Good fucking luck. Um, this yes. is the stars actually aligned for me, because I got out of college, and I had an internship, and someone, I guess, just got fired from that job. Yeah. And I got a call, like, like, three months later. Yeah. No, maybe, like, less than that. Maybe, like, a month and a half later. Yeah, I'd but, say so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, yeah. you worked for me for a little bit, and you were, and then you were like, oh, let me get an extra shift. And I was like, all right. And then like a week later, you're like, yo, you're going to kill me. But Yeah, I told yeah. you I wasn't going to leave immediately, but I got a call, and they were like, hey, we want you over uh, at Sony. Sony Red, which is like distribution. I can talk more about that later. But yeah, I just kind of ditched you <laughs> after telling you I would not do yeah, that. Uh, it's yeah, it's typical. And yeah. I, I mean, that's part of the business that I'm in. Everybody, uh, you know, it's it's hard because... You know, obviously, you don't want to be a server your whole life if you go to college, do something that, like, you know, you spent a lot of money and a lot of time, mm -hmm. like, studying and, you know, honing your craft. But I would definitely would love to get into your experience with Sony, though. Because um, I feel like, I mean, like, I know a little bit 
just from like listening mm-hmm. to you talk, whatever. But like realistically, like I really had no idea what you were into. Um, so I worked for uh, Sony's distribution arm called the uh, Red Distribution, which goes way back, back towards like. Uh, I mean, they've had like so many major names through there. Just a few like I can think of right now are like Flume, Easy. Um, God, honestly, the list goes on for so long. You see, like, these uh, artists up on, on walls. Like, the current ones, uh, more so, like, you see, like, your Joey Badasses and, you know, just, like, that's more so in the hip-hop realm. Yeah. But um, Run the Jewels. Like, a lot of different just, like, you know, major names that are never went up to, like, maybe major labels or left, and they were with uh, Red for a while. But it was the distribution end, which is, you know, just as it sounds, taking content and putting it out. Gotcha. To stores, so almost like marketing ish, or no, no, it was purely like this content needs to be at this location. How do you get it there? Um, which I guess kind of sounds like it could be marketing, but it's more like let's say like your music gets up to you, you do distribution with this right now, like you're distributing this to Apple Music, you're distributing this yeah, to Spotify. Yeah, yeah. It's it was that, is that with gotcha. a combination of like label services, but it was like there, there's there's I guess there's tiers in the music industry, you have like uh, record labels, which is the most common, everyone hears about. It. Everyone's like, "Oh, either fuck the record label, or I want to be on this record label." Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. And but there's like a lot of pieces around that. Like, how does the record label get its content to stores? How does the record label do this, this, and that? And so we were just like one of the uh, the, the, the core pieces to, I guess, kind of how the industry moves and how content gets from uh, to, from the artist to uh, the fan. Shit, that's actually really cool because like. I bet there's so many people out there that don't even like think that end into the music industry at all. They're kind of just like, all right, this is my favorite artist. Like, when does this stuff drop? And like, you're in there helping and mm-hmm. making it from, you know, from the starter of A and then mm-hmm. going to like straight to B, like finished, like, okay, everybody, here, where it is, enjoy type of thing. I would say it's the most boring part. Really? But, uh, well, imagine the guy that sends the, the, the chicken to you. Gotcha. Well, I mean, do you get to play with a chicken? No. So you don't even get to like listen to anything. Uh, well, no. Of course, I get to listen to stuff oh, and I so hear you things, but I don't. But I don't like. I'm not. You know, I don't see the chicken killed, and I don't see it packaged. Really, I'm not, I might see it. You know what? I might see it packaged. <laughs> that's what, that's and that's more so physical. But like, I'm not like there. Like, uh, I'm not. And not that that's the fun part. But I'm not slicing the chicken's head off and gotcha. presenting it to you. Yeah, right. that's but, like more so like how it gets to the, like the end. I take the end product and move it over. Gotcha, gotcha. So when you were over at Sony, um, who was the biggest Artie, Artie, oh my God, the biggest artist that you went, met and like worked with? Worked with is a tough one because, uh, I mean, I just think that people say like, oh, I was involved in this project and this project and this project and they were like, you know, kind of. They were just kind of standing Yeah, yeah, you were the just there door. at the right time. Like, yeah. Like, I got to meet, uh, I think the biggest while I was at Red, now there's like a, I think I met like Jason Aldean. Um, That's cool. Who is like to me that name doesn't really mean that much, but it's also probably like I mean, he's massive. Um, yeah. But the biggest artist that I met while I was working there that I guess to me was probably Joey Badass. See, I discovered Joey Badass way before anyone even had a clue who he was, and I know that's like the hipster thing to say mm-hmm. nowadays. But I remember seeing him on Wild and Out. Mm. And that's when people started noticing him because he came on the stage and he like freestyled during the wild style. 
and said something about like being on tour and everyone stopped him and they were like, you ain't even on tour. Like, where had you gone? And then he like, kind of like took a step back and handed the microphone off. Like they <laughs> roasted him. And I was like, that's so weird because like, why are they being so mean to this guy? And then he performed and I was like, yo, he has really good flow. Mm-hmm. Like, let me check it out. And like, I was kind of like fucking with it. And then, um, I don't know. I just kind of, I guess, faded away. I kind of just was like, yeah, whatever. Like, Drake's new album's dropping. Like, I'm going to go with that. And I kind of forgot about him. But then, like, after, like, a year or two after that, like, he kind of, like, blew up mm-hmm. which is, like, super cool. Because I feel like a lot of guys go on that show with Nick Cannon mm-hmm. that are, like, no names. And then, like, a year later or so, like, then they really, like, get big. For example, Kevin Hart was on Wilding Out before he got big. Mm. Kanye West uh, Rhyme Fest, like so many, mm-hmm. Mike Jones, a whole bunch of guys when the show first came out were on that show and people were watching like, oh my God, like these people are awesome. How come we don't know them? Like Kanye West, I didn't know who he was until he performed Diamonds Are Forever on that show and I was like, whoa, like I need to download everything from this guy mm-hmm. and then unfortunately he turned nuts a couple of years ago but like it's cool to see people start from being no name, no names, mm-hmm. and just skyrocketing. You of know? course, of course. I mean, it was like uh, it was like Breakfast Club ish. Like it was just a, a major platform. Yeah. It had so many eyes on it. Uh, the, I mean, there was just so much more influence on the network in general mm-hmm. at that time. But uh, yeah, man, you just kind of see see people pop up, and I'm sure there was like some. Like a uh, story beforehand. Um, I don't know when he went on Wild and Out. Uh, I don't know if it, it was before 1999. Like, who, Joey Badass? Yeah. Wait, Joey Badass? Yeah, Joey Badass. Before 1999? Was it before 19? No, the album 1999. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. Yeah, 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 not I was like, he's not that old. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's the same age as me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, I want to say 2000. My guess would be 2012, 2013. But I'm not. I'm not too sure. Unfortunately, Ryan, my uh, my researcher isn't here tonight, so I, I don't have anybody to look it up. <laughs> but, but I usually have someone here. Like, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, my my buddy Ryan. He's Told me your producer. He's the goat. Um, shout out to Ryan. I know he's listening because he's such a good human being. Um, <laughs> no, really, really good kid. He yeah. was on episode two. Um, oh, okay, cool. So that I I heard him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice guy. I can't wait to get him back on. Actually, um, but yeah, it's. Uh, well, how was that album? 1999. When did that album drop? Do you have any idea? Dude, it was on like Dap Hiff. Yeah. Oh, did I, you... Did honestly, it was probably around like 2012 because it was like yeah. when I was getting... Maybe... No, before that because I was in high school. Gotcha. Um, like 2010 probably. Yeah. It was a long time ago. Yeah. So like when you um, like work with these guys and stuff, like after you, um, I guess, release the album or get it mm-hmm. to point B where you have to get it, do you get invited to any of these parties or anything like that? I get to hang out with people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, like, release parties. Like, I went to Joey's release party. even like, G Herbo's release party. Um, I don't... I didn't go to a lot of the events. Uh, that... Uh, I mean, while, like... Because originally... I mean, I'm not even really getting into it because it's just confusing, but I worked for Sony Red and then Sony The Orchard. Uh, gotcha. The companies merged. So, like Sony... Thing. Does Sony have, like, a couple different branches? They or? did, and then they merged them all into one. So, now just it's for, just... just yeah. One distribution source, gotcha. yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, they. Uh, I, I mean, I went to a couple. Uh, for me, more so, the music that they were distributing, even though they're the largest in the world, it just wasn't really like deeply hip hop, and so I wasn't like totally blown blown away by the catalog, and I didn't gotcha. go to too many of the events. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. 
How do you feel about all these modern day rappers right now? Are you a fan of the, of the new style that's been coming out, or you kind of not into Sometimes. it? Sometimes, yeah. It's dude. At this point, you know, when you look at hip hop as a genre, there's like it's it's reaching that. Uh, it's kind of at the point that when we were growing up, we saw rock music. In, in a sense, I would yeah. say like there's so many subgenres, there's so many different outlooks. I mean, yeah, there's definitely artists that I think that there was definitely a a time that I preferred hip hop overall as a genre. But there's still a lot of guys that are putting out really quality pieces. And I think the ability to be creative, mostly more so like uh, with. Uh, I guess in a, a melodic sense, but the creativity behind like the beat selection yeah. and the way guys are just performing and the way they're holding themselves and their cadences while they're rapping and all kinds of you know facts like that, factors like that. Yeah. I think it's it, it has a lot of potential and there's definitely a lot of uh, artists that I see today that I really really like that maybe uh, a standard like a hip hop head would be like, nah, that's not hip hop. That's some weird ass fucking yeah. like knockoff version. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of bullshit. Yeah, but, I I kind of always went with as rap music and everything has progressed through the years from obviously when I was born from the 90s to obviously now, I always felt like back then the beats were simple and the lyrics were complex. And slowly as time progresses, I feel like the beats are getting complex and the lyrics are getting simple. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, there's really... No, now don't get me wrong. There's definitely artists out there that are still being lyrical, yeah. but the the difference is the barrier to entry no longer requires that you can spit. Yeah, like bars. Yeah, like that just doesn't exist. Unfortunately, anymore. what people care now is for bangers and songs mm-hmm. that they could get pumped up to, songs they could dance to, and songs that they could, you know, pregame to. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah well, be a lot. A lot of times, it's like. The ability to have fun in the, in the genre because it's grown so much and there's yeah. alternative forms, which is just like a bullshit term for many sub-genres. <laughs> yeah. But in like the alter, the alternative hip-hop has like this – it just touches on like wherever the kids go with it. And like so we mm-hmm. saw when we were growing up, there was a certain type of rock and they're considered classic rock. Yeah. And a lot of the old like – I guess rock heads would be the term. I don't know. They don't – care for maybe like the punk rock scene that came out like all these different forms like what they would call alternative yeah, yeah, rock yeah. but really it was just like the kids saw the genre and they were like oh this is really cool but I like to express myself in this way and, and it, it, when a genre gets so big because hip hop's the largest genre in the world when a genre gets so big people bring so many different point of views come and they collide and, and it creates like these different forms gotcha Sheesh. It's just because it's really big and it's been around a little longer. Yeah, it's not. Absolutely. It's not like it's it's young. It's still very young, but it's yeah. not young anymore. Yeah, I also uh, always said with hip hop and rap, it was like aggressive poetry type of thing because mm-hmm. you know you obviously focus on um, rhyming, not, well, not only the rhyming aspect, but like just being clever with things mm-hmm. and like making comparisons through things that like no one would really compare to. Mm-hmm. Like for instance. Um, that guy, uh, Nipsey, who passed away, mm-hmm. he had a line of basically explaining how a girl might be beautiful on the inside, but all that matters is... I'm beautiful on the outside, but all that matters is the inside. And he uh, compared it to a Coke bottle with all the curves, mm-hmm. but the soda being flat inside. It's a bar. Like, yeah. Ooh, yeah. imagine listening yeah. to that back then. You know people pause this song on their fucking mm-hmm. little uh, Walkman, and yeah. they were just like... Woo! Yeah. That would explain. Because when I read that, I read it like four times, and I was like, 
Jesus Christ. Like, that's... I'd say Nipsey probably was, like, very CD lyrical. age. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Walkmans. Walkmans were CDs. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm trying to think, like, how old he is. I don't think he was that old. Dude, what a shame, though, that he gets freaking killed like that. Yeah. Honestly, it's so, like, insane how things go. You know? It's a, it's a really heartbreaking story. Um, I don't know. That's, like, a tough one to even... Yeah, I, I don't even know if we want should we even get into that. <laughs> but, you know, rest in peace, obviously, to a phenomenal artist and human being. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, I, I mentioned, like, going to the release parties and stuff like that. What's your craziest music industry story? Um, so, I think things have gotten dramatically crazier since I left Sony and uh, got into my own company. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe we can touch on that in just a second. But... Um, I probably have two that I would uh, I would mention. Please. One was uh, standing on top of a billboard with riffraff uh, <laughs> over Times Square um, at trying to shoot a video with a camera guy standing on a ladder. And we're at Penthouse Studios, and like the way there's like <laughs> just every way everyone's standing, you're just like riffraff might fall off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh god, yeah, really. That was cool. And then I think the, the thing is, if he fell off the roof. That is a riffraff way to die. That is the most iconic video of all time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that is such a riffraff way to go. Uh, that, and then, I mean, there's like a couple, but I think I uh, recently, there's this guy we work with. Uh, he uh, He's from down back from, he, he lives back where I, I'm from, back towards like uh, Maryland, Baltimore area. And um, I went down to go visit him, and he's a bit of like a god down there. It's crazy in Baltimore. Like everywhere you go, like this guy gets just loved by everyone. And he took me to like areas that I would never go into, yeah. ever. I'm talking about areas where there's like not a single white face. Uh, it's like really like gritty, like not to like put a color on anything, but it's really gritty hood, yeah. like super super gritty hood, like high murder rates, crazy drug issues, all kinds of shit. And I went and I went around with him for like two days straight. Um, just driving around Baltimore and he took me to Yeah, Baltimore ain't no joke. Oh dude, it's no joke at all. I mean, we had a blast. I don't think anything necessarily super crazy happened, but it was just very like eye opening. It was such a different experience. We went and his dad's running for mayor, so we went to uh we went to go and see his dad announce that he was running for mayor. I should have, like, just in the perfect time. And we, we get here, and it's in his old neighborhood. And it's just like, dude, like, what is this white kid doing? <laughs> like, I was wearing, I was wearing, um, I thought I was about to, like, walk out and go meet him and go to a studio. Mm-hmm. But instead, I walk out, and I'm wearing, <laughs> I'm wearing boat shoes, uh, golf shorts, oh, no. and, like, a, uh, like a T-shirt. With, uh, with an Adidas hat, and I'm, like, walking through, and it's just so, like... Fucking sore thumb, right? Yeah, hell yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, um, man. Then after that, like, so we, we get there, we're doing all that, and then he takes me to, like, a baby shower. And he's, like, he, we're, like, we're, like, getting in the car, and this dude's just, like, oh, fuck, I gotta go to this baby shower. And I'm, like, what? Bro, I went to some stranger baby shower in this neighborhood, bro. I'm telling you, I was, like, where the fuck am I? What the fuck is going on? Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. And that was also a crazy story, just more so like, just like throwing someone outside of their comfort zone, yeah, or yeah. just like I don't know, maybe even stepping into a whole different world. Do you have anxiety the whole time there, like just no. out of place-ish? 
No, not at all, because the amount of respect that he has. Yeah. It, there's nothing that would ever happen to me. People were very, you know what, pretty much everyone thought I was the lawyer. Okay. That, yeah. They were like, this guy's the label guy or the lawyer. He's like, who's this white guy? <laughs> like, what is this guy doing here? Yeah, this guy this guy is definitely like, he looks like a lawyer. <laughs> Little do they know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I want to mention and obviously touch on your label, mm-hmm. uh, Black 17. Mm-hmm. How'd that name come about? So both my partners created the company before I even worked at Red. Okay. So it's three of you. Three people, yes. Okay. Uh, Black 17 is based on the roulette wheel. Mm, okay. It's just like taking chances. That's really just like wow. gambling. Just gambling. I bet no one would have guessed that that's from. But I like that. That's it's like really 50, cool. 50. You know, it's funny because it's three white guys and the company's called Black 17 and we sell hip-hop music. People are like, <laughs> what, the f- what the fuck? Yeah. Do, you have, do you gamble? Like, have you ever gone to casinos and stuff? No comment. Okay. Well, I hope... Yes, you- yeah, I have. I have. I, I just, hope you bet on Black Oh, 17. we always... We always... Uh, That's where I was getting at. Yeah, we put the most... Every every uh, every spin, we put triple whatever we put elsewhere on Black 17. Yeah. <laughs> Quality. I like that. That's, yeah. that's definitely yeah. you awesome. Don't, you don't win. Yeah. So how, how did it start up? Um, it was basically two guys that saw this... Uh, model like this company model that was different it was a hybrid between a record label and a distribution company it's this weird model that centrally provides a great deal of freedom within all their deals so these two guys saw this other company doing it and they were fucking killing it like making like just a couple mil a month like just blowing through, and it, and they saw a lot of people doing like the traditional record label style, which is where you go find like one, two, three, four, five artists, and you throw your whole life into them, and you sign them for this massive deal, and it's basically like if I if I win, you win, but if if uh, if you lose, I lose as well. Gotcha. And um, and it's usually like it spans over the artist's career. It's like a huge commitment, but this new model allowed for people to essentially test the waters. And kind of like, you know, walk over, dip their feet, come back and be like, you know, I like that. I'll do a little more of it. But there's like no long-term commitments associated with the deals. Okay. That's actually really cool. I like yeah. that idea. So they saw this other company doing it and they were just like, fuck it, I can do this too. Mm-hmm. And it turns out they could. And uh, <laughs> so they had, um, they had, they put out uh, this guy, Felly. They put out his first album and okay. just like out of nowhere it charted. Yeah. And charting is like, just to give some perspective, it's like, dude, We've had a lot of good albums, but mm-hmm. charting, like, when you chart, like, you're, like, there's some, some shit's, like, going on. Like, that's, yeah. like, a... So, charting is meaning, like, top like billboard, billboard top 200. Oh, yeah. top 200. Yes. Okay. So, that's, like, you're, like, really fucking killing yeah, it. Yeah, but, like, here's the thing. People might not think 200 is, like, they, they'd be like, oh, that's, that's a lot. Like, it's really not compared to how many people are actually making music. Oh, dude, I mean, we're talking about, like, top, top, top 1% do, do yeah. that. Charting with Billboard 200 is like mind blowing. Mm-hmm. You, you're doing something super right if you do. Damn, that's yeah. cool. So they charted this album, um, and a couple like a year and a half later, I joined the company uh, by like I was kind of like just like I just got the job. It was like a temp job, mm-hmm. and a temp you know, job with for, for Sony, Sony Red, or, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I basically, you know, you're in that weird spot where you're in your first job and you're like, I don't even know what's going on, but whatever this is, I'm going to commit to. I'm going to 
be like I'm gonna be this employee and kill it and uh, I'm gonna work work my way through the ranks yada 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 and then this guy comes up to me basically just like really give me like a micro version uh but come or it's macro at this point um come up came up to me and was just like look like we want you to like join us like how was this and I'm like like that's fucking stupid I just got a job with Sony like why don't I come and help you with your little bullshit and they worked for Sony at the time being yeah and. I guess, so they were working for Sony, and yeah, they also had and they also had the company that was distributed through Sony Red. So, oh wow! That's yeah, crazy. there's like the the idea of a conflict of interest is vastly different mm-hmm. in the music industry compared <laughs> to like everything else. So they're like, fuck it, if our employees want to like try to win, like let's let them try to win because we all win. We take, yeah. we take percentages off, and um, I, after the merger, like I kind of worked with them, and we were working together, and we were putting out releases, and uh, this is like well before we brought on any of our like top artists, but um, I guess we had this guy Healy, who's with RCA now, um, he's like a surfer boy rapper, we had like a lot of surf, surfer boy rappers, like, yeah. like the white kids that like the college kids lo- loved, <laughs> and they were absolutely killing it, and um, we went to like Rolling Loud, and they made it official, made me a partner, and all this other fun stuff, yada yada, and that story is like not that wildly interesting, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, from there, like we, my partner's we signed a we signed a special deal with our distributor, which got my partners out, so they could work full time. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, I uh, I kind of stayed on for a little bit, and we picked up Riff Raff, uh, you know, fucking the crazy. I remember you calling me that day. Yeah, and dude. you were like, "Dude, you're not gonna believe this." I was like, "What? Like, you might not know him because like, I don't really follow too much into mm-hmm. like rap and stuff, but." but we signed Riff Raff. And I just remember fucking laughing hysterical. I was like, the dude who wants to be a pro wrestler all of a sudden? Like, yeah, dude. I, he I, almost did. He might. More. I know. Well, he's He started like doing these crazy workout shits on uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this guy is nuts. I saw him for the first time on Wild and Out as well. And he literally, Nick Cannon introduces him. And then he's like, oh, do you have anything to say before we start? He goes, I just want to apologize for the ice storm. Because my wrist is so cold. Or something like, <laughs> shit like that. And he's wearing this watch that's bigger than his hand with all these diamonds and stuff. And I was like, that made no sense. But like, this guy's a... Yeah, I was like, this. if this guy carries his character, people mm-hmm. are going to eat it up. Cause that's, Dude, you know, he's the vanilla gorilla. Yeah. The Peach no, Panther. Exactly. The Tangerine Tiger, bro. The he's, neon icon. The ne- yeah, the yeah. neon icon. That's the one that I know. He Honestly, if you have a good gimmick like that and you're an awesome character and like you could sell yourself... People eat that shit alive. Mm-hmm. He basically took the platform of a pro wrestler mm-hmm. to get himself over, and obviously it worked. Yeah, yeah. He, um, I mean, he's just like, uh, he's just a crazy person. Yeah, complete crazy person. He's definitely not. But he has, he has a, he has a character, and I don't think he can turn it off anymore because he's been doing it for so long. But he has a character, <laughs> and like just. It's- White kids just love him. Yeah, they just so eat that shit much, up. He's pretty much like Ric Flair. Ric Flair, his, yeah. uh, his gimmick was being, you know, uh, a high roller, spending a lot of money, drinking all the ladies, and it got to the point where like punchlines, punchlines. He was getting so popular that people were like egging him on, and it just became a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then you can't leave after Literally, that. like, he could not be himself. He had to be the character of Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Crazy. But honestly, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, what, else, what else would you do? Yeah, exactly. So you do have a good amount of clients and stuff coming through. 
Yeah, I mean, dude, we are like, so again, our model allows us to work with artists project to project. I'm not sure how interesting any of this shit will be, but um, it allows us to work with uh, artists from a project to project level with low turns, um, low splits, and it only touches on the product that you yeah. present. So we don't take on touring, we don't take on merch, we don't take on, for the most part, we don't take publishing, and we don't own anything. As the, uh, the real factor is that we're taking licenses from the artists, mm -hmm. so everything that we're doing is kind of, we just, it, there's a stigma in the industry that, surround, that surrounds, like, giving away your own, I don't know, basically, like, for so long, labels had control over every little aspect. Well, studios. Okay. And without a studio and without the money to go to a studio, you couldn't record. There was no bedroom studios. Yeah. So the labels would send you to the studio and they would own everything you did. Gotcha. It's kind of like working for like a, I think working for like a, I've heard something similar, like when you work for like a pharmacy or something like that. Gotcha. And, and you're like building, you're developing like products that would be sold by that pharmaceutical company. And while you're working in their lab, you own, like everything you do is that company's. Because gotcha. you can't go and get a lab yourself. Like, it's just like wildly yeah, expensive. Yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of regulations. Yada, yada. Well, that's kind of how it was in some sense. And so with that control over the studios, they owned it, all the masters and everything you did. And they signed and took over your touring and all these things. Yada, yada. And for whenever a genre reaches a peak, it obviously gets abused the, the worst. And... Um, Hip hop reached a point, like a, a point where uh, so many, like no artist owned their any of their masters, none of the big artists that you were watching and looking at. Yeah. And finally, people start speaking up about it. I think this happens in every genre. I think at any point, when something gets so big, there'll there'll be so much abuse and there'll be so many like bad deals, quote unquote, that are handed out. And a lot of those deals, you can call them bad. Sometimes, like if I give you like a fucking, if I give you like fucking five hundred thousand dollars and you've only ever generated like twenty thousand dollars. Mm, I should probably own your shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's basically that, like, the, uh, the idea that the call to action from, like, the larger artists that everyone needed to keep their masters became so powerful. And on top of that, uh, recording gear exploded for, like, on, like, a very, like, on a very, like, what's the word? Uh, basically, bedroom studios came out. As soon as you could record really quality content in a bedroom... There was no need yeah. to go to a major uh, major studio anymore. Makes I mean, sense. you still go there and you get like maybe like a higher grade product, but you yeah. can a lot of like the hits that you see. A lot of the hits today in hip hop are like recorded in like a fucking basement somewhere. <laughs> They're real janky. The quality sounds good because you can mix it in any of these programs, but yeah. when they recorded it, it was just dog shit. Yeah, makes sense. You think uh, a lot of people that you work with are they are they hard clients to deal with, like hard pleasing them or? For the most part, everything's smooth sailing. <laughs> I'm like on phone calls all, all the time. Yeah. All the time. All hours. All over the place. Uh, my number one client's in jail right now. Oh. Um, who's your number one client? This guy, YBS Scola. Super okay. awesome dude. Just got locked up for a uh, gun and drugs. Oh, wait. I saw you posted yeah. a picture with him yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Really sad. He got a got a pretty rough charge, but he'll, he'll be out soon. He'll be out soon. He'll be out soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, a lot of our clients are like, you're, we're dealing with, so when you come to the music industry, imagine like going to like, imagine you worked at, I don't know, um, pretty much any other industry. Let's say you worked at a hedge fund. Okay. Everyone there is going to be wildly professional. Everyone there is going to be wildly like 
everything's just going to be, the efficiency is super high. Just everyone there is like, it was designed. They were like crafted yeah. and molded so that when they got there, they shit out of excellence. Mm-hmm. And so are the clients that come in there providing the, 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 the funding. Like everything's yeah. just very like smooth. And I hope this is not sounding like, like bullshit, but, but everything's very smooth. When you come in the music industry, I don't even think that analogy made any sense. But point being is when you come in the music industry, there's zero professionalism. There's zero efficiency. Uh, you're constantly dealing with just like crazy people. Like it's just like all over the place. I don't, I don't even know. Like sometimes I'm just like when I'm talking to you, I'm just like, how the fuck do you own a company? Like, how, is this, how is this even fucking possible? Yeah. Like you're just like, dude. This cannot be what you do for for your to survive. Yeah, there's no way because you're so fucking bad at it. Yeah, there, no, there's people like that too. Where you see, like, even in the restaurant industry, like you'll see the owner and you're just like, how the fuck does this guy have all of this? And he he he's batshit stupid. You know what I'm saying? It, it's pretty much like that with everything. You know, if if you have money to run it, you know, yeah. you have good people around you, you could fake it. Yeah, These I'm guys sure. are extra dumb, though. <laughs> extra fucking. Some, don't get me wrong. There are sharks. There's a lot of sharks. And yeah. the thing is, the, the sharks in this industry, there's a survivability that it, that doesn't exist. I think in most industries, like you can be you can be kicked out pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, most people don't. Most people will not survive as an employee into like the later years of their career. Damn. Yeah, you'll end up in you'll. Like, and it was like a car dealer or some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, 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 you will get chewed up and thrown out mm-hmm. very fast. And so, like, the sharks are like mega sharks, sharks. And then there's like a lot of like dumb people that will be here for five, ten years that'll kind of just get picked up and thrown around. Lucky shit like that. Yeah. Well, you, you get the um, what do you call it? The luxury of working most at home too, right? Just because I'm a part owner in this label, I can work on a lot. Um, It doesn't change the amount of hours I work. Um, I mean, well, I guess just owning a company, you work way more. But no, I I like waking up and getting out of bed and brewing a cup of coffee is pretty fucking sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I feel you. Dude. Uh, You, so usually you you like get up mad early to start all this or you kind of have I used to. Free now I wake up at like 9 o'clock, 9.30. Nice. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm getting kind of lazy right now. That's fine. As long as you're getting your shit done, you and know. The problem is like you just stay up until like 12, 1, 2 o'clock because some of your clients are... Like I have, I have a client in the UK and it's just like a time difference, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, a big time difference. Yeah, but, but a lot of times it's just really kids. Excuse me. The influencers and everyone like that that I, that I have to work with and communicate with in order gotcha. to push products, they... You have your own marketing team. Well, we're three people, and everyone runs every. Hat yeah, everyone wears. Much. Yeah, a bunch everyone of hats. wears the same hats. Yeah, everyone's got to do some form of marketing, some kind of A and R, and then there's like a lot of business admin. I mean, one of our partners handles more so the business admin, but uh, at the same time, everyone's kind of gotcha. trying to find out. Well, hell, if you need a social media marketer, I know a guy. He does very good work. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Let's talk about it. So let me know about that, and then also if you need new client, because I have a guy. Who needs help recording? Whoa. Does he have any face tats? He doesn't have any face tats. Ugh. I don't know, man. He's a clean-cut white kid, but he spits fire. Yeah, I usually only work with people with face tats and felonies, so <laughs> didn't have any of those. 
One or the other, yeah. really. Well, I sent you his stuff. He was also mm-hmm. on the podcast. Too. Oh yeah, that's right. No, he had, no, I like that. I like that. No, he had, he was dope. Um, we're at like a certain size right now that like we take up take on a tier of artists. It's how many? You got a lot of clients right now. Giving you open rejection right now on, on the you podcast. I mean, open rejection. Yeah, that's open fucked rejection up. on the podcast. That's really fucked up. <laughs> uh, do we have a lot of clients right now? Um, yeah, dude. Like enough that I. Enough that I have work to do when I get home tonight. Yeah. Um, so you're I mean, taking the time out of your work schedule to uh, come on the show? No, I mean, dude, it's like, what, 9.30 p.m. to 10.30, give or take? Yeah, that's, <laughs> some of that's like my own personal time. But no, dude, like, you know what it is? When you own a company and and even when you have – I'm very lucky. I have two partners that just like go super fucking hard. And so I don't have like, like – they're at the end of the day, I have stability. <clears throat> I yeah. refuse to like put that on my mind and say that you're stable because like, you will never progress. But I do have stability whether whether I acknowledge it or not. Yeah. That being said, when you own a company, like you you have to live your life through that company. Mm-hmm. Like personal, your personal life no longer really matters that much like Makes if you sense. spend time doing stuff you want to do and I think you, you I mean you definitely get it yeah like I'm, I'm not I'm like preaching I'm not preaching to the choir right now but like there you don't really have like a lot of like I, I don't get off of work at 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock whatever you do or 9 to 5 or 10 yeah. to 6 I don't get off at 6 o'clock and go and watch Netflix because mm-hmm. the company won't grow yeah, exactly. If I do that. You I got to hustle, dude. Yeah. You got to freaking hustle. I still watch Netflix, but I can't binge a show. Or I can't spend time. Like, stupid stuff. Like, I won't watch Game of Thrones strictly as I know the amount of time that I'll lose watching it. Oh, I yeah. started it oh, a long yeah. time ago. I watched season one, dude, and never got past it. Just because I was like, this is going to be so much time that I have to utilize, take and put aside for this. Yeah, that's... Uh, trust me. I know I know the struggle, dude. I fucking know the struggle. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, you're here fucking almost every day except yeah. when I come in. Yeah. What? I, I'm here every time you come in. It's not true you weren't here that one day. What day? Let me guess. You came on a Sunday? Yeah, of course I came on a Sunday, dude. Who t- come on, man. Taco Sundays. Ta- yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The taco very Sundays, popular the Taco yeah. Sundays. Yeah. yeah, it's regular, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my God. But... So, for real question, do you think you could help him out in any way possible, Mikey G? Connect us. Connect us? Mm-hmm. I could do that. Because he's definitely got some, you know... He's, I could give him advice. Yeah. Anything, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I... I, I know I, he's, he's struggling with uh, funding money to get to the studio. I offered donations. They denied me. They said, nah, like, don't worry about it. You did enough for us. But, like, you know, kid's got quality sound. It's for just, sure. You know, for sure. So, hey, if you like his music, I I am down see. to give advice to any of your friends. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know if I would be able to work with them simply because Yeah. We're, we yeah, we got to shoot for the stars in every project, you know. I feel you. I feel you. Maybe further down the line when you guys blow up bigger than Sony, you know. Throw him in there. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe, Maybe he could be a part of the the, uh, the freshman XL. You know? Yeah. Hey man. Hey man. That's how it works. Just one <laughs> guy pulling the strings on that. <laughs> so, since when you were um, obviously in school and then getting the internship and stuff, did you ever think that like your path would lead to what you're doing right now? Or my parents are both entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. So I got my job at Sony, and it's super fucking dope. Don't do not get me wrong. I can't imagine having a job 
that would have been more just just free and like didn't even tell you I watched breakfast I watched Breakfast Club every day when I was working there. That's I'll just have it on one of the monitors. Listening to new music, dude, chopping up music, talking to people about about music, selling music. Just like a super fucking awesome experience. So you were basically getting paid to talk about things that you just normally talk about. And there's a lot of admin bullshit that I had to do. But, um, but do know, it was like super fucking cool. And at the end of the day, like the grass is not greener elsewhere in the world of, I guess, employees. Mm -hmm. But I personally just am not a good employee. I'm really not a good, I'm not a good employee. I, I... I, I can put in the work, but I have a hard time working for someone else. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know what it is. I, I didn't hate the job by any means. And I know if I was working somewhere else, I would have probably hated it. Because, I mean, it's like someone. Like, dude, you want to like, follow your own protocol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, understand that. I just built like, your own path and stuff yeah. like that. And maybe, maybe it's because my parents Or said. technically be, not be a yes man type of thing. Perhaps, yeah. I, I don't know what the, the in-between was. I just was not a huge fan of... What was your uh, parents' whole... Uh, like, because they were entrepreneurs, what did they do? They own a consulting firm, and that sounds really cool, but it's three people. Um, but a consulting firm that works for nonprofits. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's, like, it's actually pretty fucking awesome. Like, they work for like Maryland Recycling. They don't work for anybody, but they go in and they find... They find inefficiency and they make it efficient that's so cool yeah so that's yeah. fun has them traveling everywhere and like, yeah. I think they're just like one on one giant vacation I mean they do I work mean, a lot much, but, yeah, yeah. Um, now I know they are entrepreneurs isn't your brother one too or no he um, he worked so he's a lawyer okay um, in Pennsylvania he worked for a small firm and he was like, potentially a partner but turned it down now he works for the government Really? Yeah, because he is. Uh, he married uh, this lovely lady, and she had three kids. And she had three he, kids with him. Or no, no, no. Before beforehand, him, prior, okay. and he wanted to be able to take more time. Maybe not for the kids, but more so to be with his wife. You know what I mean? Like, and so he may took the leap. Yeah. What type of government job? Anything cool? Or um. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he right now. I think he's actually working on. Is it the legalization of weed in Pennsylvania? <laughs> I don't know. I, if it's it legal. I don't like know that. if it's the legalization or if it's uh, it's uh, it's got to be for like uh, medicinal. Yeah, but yeah, he's involved in that right now. I don't know exactly what he does. I think he still does like. I think he's still a defense attorney, technically. Yeah. I, should, I should know this. I don't know why I don't know it. <laughs> it's it's, just, it's, it's late. It's been a long day. I just really can't believe... I, I said this earlier in, on the uh, on my episodes that, like, it's not legal, like, America, you know, like... Country None of my clients would ever believe that it wasn't legal. I mean... Yeah. I'm, I know. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's probably a lot of people that... Basically, do not give a shit. Dude, it's like it's like not even a thing anymore. Like I could probably walk outside right now smoking a joint. And I don't think anybody would say anything. I mean, there might be people like turning their heads, but like yeah, I mean that happens fuck. all the time. I yeah. walk up and down the street. There's people smoking mm-hmm. blunts and stuff on the sidewalk, and nobody says anything. So you know, and if it's gonna, uh, I always make this point: if it's gonna generate money in tax dollars and stuff like that. Why why wouldn't we let it happen? Especially for how much debt the country's in. Like it just does not make sense whatsoever not to just let it roll. But you know. 
Yeah, I, I, I do not know why. <laughs> I don't even have that answer. All I know is, like, if I want medicinal weed, I'll get medicinal weed from someone. Like, there's, like, no, there's no barrier to entry. No one's stopping me. I can still call, like, the fucking... I don't know. Like, there's, it's just too easy to find. It's very no easy stopping to find. it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't do it, but I know for a fact that I could reach out to at least 80% of the people on my contact list, and they'll have somebody or have it mm-hmm. themselves to, to smoke. Well, that's how it is now. It's kind of like everyone. Yeah. It, it's, it's alcohol. Yeah. And it's only in, like, the, the weed pens, too, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such easy shit to get, man. Everyone you know? in my industry is, like, well, not everyone, but a lot of people are just, like, high all day long. Makes sense. Like, like you, you wouldn't even be able to tell. You're on like this like business call, and you're talking to these people, and they sound totally sober. They sounds like they sound like they're like there with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're fucking just like wrecked. Yeah. I mean that's like Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is high twenty four seven. I don't know how he functions the way he functions. I don't know who I was talking to yesterday. We were talking about. Uh, we were talking about two chains. Oh god! And how like that got like it's just like insane. Yeah. Like these guys. Oh, we were talking about is is how some of these artists get fucking wrecked and then they walk on a camera with a million people watching. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. that? Like I get like a little bit high and I'm tongue tied and I can't <laughs> even like I can't even like communicate. I don't know how they hide it so well. Do they fucking go on like like imagine going on Breakfast Club? Smacked. Imagine that. Imagine going on Joe Rogan, smacked. Yeah. And just knowing that this is going to get like fucking like 500,000 minimum clicks. Uh-huh. And everyone's going to see you. And if like, you know, they stutter and they say stupid things because they're just fucking so high. I'm like, how in the fucking world would you do that? <laughs> I don't know, man. People are fucking bananas. You know that. I mean, I've had employees that come here. They they smoke before they come or they smoke during the shift. I don't know. I don't ask questions. And they like walk around fucking clueless. I'm like, yo, if you can't function doing an easy task of serving tables, don't fucking do it. You know? I used to be high when I was serving tables. I know. I definitely know. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, I know. Um, Even sometimes I've seen cooks do it and it's just like, it's a fucking mess. I think cooking's like a fun thing when you're high that you're like, I don't know. Who knows? All I know is that when it does get legal in New York, uh, my friend John Arpino, mm-hmm. he wants to open a dispensary. Does he have a Does he have a tag yet for it? You have to have like a, a permit. Oh, I, I'm. I guarantee you, he has people that are helping him. It's like somewhere. very because they're they're, yeah. they're He's, that kid has more connections than you have. You have no idea. That's like a that's like you're gonna be a millionaire overnight overnight with one of those. Yeah. I mean, I. I I couldn't say for sure, but I knew in Maryland, like, they're, like, pushing towards it. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends has a permit, and they are impossible to get. Yeah. Because they're only, it's, it's going to be, like, taxi medallions. Yeah. He basically wants me to be the guy in the back of the kitchen, like, cooking up, like, you take it. edibles and stuff. You should take it, dude. I might. It'd be so profitable. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And the best part is that I won't even waste money because I won't be eating it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But, you know, I'll have some... Taste test dummies, aka him, and there probably you. <laughs> hey man, you know, up and around and down. Exactly. I mean, shit. I mean, if you like smoking weed and you like sweets, why not mix them together? <laughs> yeah, right. I, I have some. Uh, I have some like <laughs> you know crazy like weed chocolate in my apartment right now that I haven't tried yet because I'm scared. Sheesh. But it doesn't look like chocolate. 
It has, what is it? Like? Like, I don't do it's like fucking like. I thought it was like a nug of weed at first. And then oh, what the close. fuck? Dude, really? it, it looks crazy. At least go to like a, a goddamn like candy store and get some molds and like make it look fucking well, decent. The idea <laughs> of the company, which is actually really cool, is they don't want their weed to look like kids' treats. Okay, that's that's smart. Yeah, so that's they add like smart. certain characters. But dude, all the weed now is like way too fucking strong. I can't even smoke it anymore. <laughs> I, dude, I can't like. Dude, nothing like no, like just give me all my shitty weed back again. Like when I sit down, like smoke and just like enjoy it. Now I'm like I'll take like one hit. And I'm like all right. Like if I don't right, stop, I, hitting I right wasted now, the fucking rest of this. Yeah, exactly. I'm like dude. I'm like looking at it. I'm like, am I really about to throw all this away? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. Like, <laughs> it's either that or I'm gonna be sitting there having like a panic attack. I can't breathe because I'm so high, dude. It's like what the fuck? Yeah. Holy shit, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> Anyway, um, wild tangent there. I try, I try to get like, like my partner smokes a lot, and I'll try to like smoke while I'm working, dude. Oh you my get nothing God. done, I bet. Dude, oh, dude. Here's what happens. He'll like roll up a joint, and and I'll be looking at it. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to smoke a joint. And I'll take like one, then like two hits, and three hours are demolished. <laughs> Just immediately, I'll be staring at my computer. I'll get like a message from someone, and I'll be like, they're too important to respond to right now. So I'll just like close it out. Like I don't want to say anything stupid. And then I find myself like looking at my computer, and I'm like, there is no way I can email someone right now. And he's over here just fucking cranking out work, and I'm looking at him like, dude, if, oh, dude, I might throw up right now. Like, I don't even know how he's working. I, I don't know. Christ. And usually when I send the email, I'm like, this might be the dumbest thing I've ever said. Like, I, I don't know. And the thing is, you can't fact check whether it's fucking stupid with Google or not. Like, Google's not going to be like, hey, dude, that sounds retarded. Hey, dude, lay off the weed. Yeah, exactly. Give it a couple hours. It's like, <laughs> grammatically, this is correct, but I, I don't know if you, I would say it. Oh, my God, that's fucking great. Yeah. That's fucking great. <laughs> All right, let's roll off of that tangent. Yeah. Um, even though it was, I'm literally crying of how funny that fuck it was. Uh, let me hear your, your current goals with uh, Black 17. Because I'm like, I like, Love that idea that that's what you're doing right now. Um, I would current goals. I mean, dude, I'm just trying to be like fucking. I'm trying to have like a reputable name in the industry. Yeah. Um, I mean, money's a great perk, and I think I'm gonna make a lot of it. Uh, I do want to be like I don't know. I think everyone wants to be a millionaire, and I think there's a strong possibility that I will be. But like for my goals personally. Um, I do. I want to like, I want to like get like a top, I do. I don't think any of my goals right now are going to matter in like 10 years because I want to do whatever's above it. I think the whole point of being an entrepreneur is, is setting like these like theoretical milestones and then breaking them and being like, what's next? Okay. Um, so why don't you tell me? Right now, personally, I want to chart an album on the Billboard 200. I was, I was close. I was kind of close this week. Yeah. But. Where, where, where'd you hit? I didn't. No, no. I mean. We'll know on Friday for sure, okay. and I had a really good. I had a really. I had my biggest album, but um, and no, it's not. Good. It'll chart on the rap charts, but it won't chart on the Billboard 200. Gotcha. That's the only one that matters. And so I guess that's what that's what I have goal wise right now. That and just establishing like, I don't know, like I, I having a company with like X amount of employees that's got like a, I don't know. I don't know the Maybe answer to that. Maybe have like a legitimate workspace to go to every day type of thing. Well, I mean, we have, we have an office right now. The next question was going to be, what are your future goals? So That's like, a, that's like the same question. Yes, yeah, not yeah. really. Current goals? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess like, it is. You know, like 
over the next couple of months, and then future goals would be like years type of thing. But yeah. you, you have your own office in, in we the have city we have an office in Queens that's okay. that is uh, that is it's basically like this like apartment that's below my partner's apartment that got closed down because it wasn't allowed to have a shower. And so my partner was like, dude, you cannot use that space. I can use it. Let me give you no money at all. And so like, they, they're a very small monthly transaction, and we have an office down there now. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. So we are, uh, we're like, we furnished it. Dude, we got like uh, arcades, arcade games and shit. Really? Like the full like boxes. Like everything. the old school ones. Yeah, yeah bro. Oh, we, got that's one cool of, we got one of those. Better get another one, dude. Better get Ninja Turtles. No big deal. Did the Ninja Turtle like the Ninja Turtles like the the one where you like play with your friends and then mm-hmm. you like go in like a straight line you fight all the bad yeah, guys yeah, and shit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell that's yeah. freaking awesome yeah we did that I mean dude it's like right now we're like it's I think the closest comparison and it's not really even that close but it's like almost like that Wolf of Wall Street scene where they're in that fucking car shop uh-huh. and they're like building this like janky ass office and they, like, <laughs> set, they start selling they're like oh my god we're going nuts it's kind of like that right now. That's cool. It's the closest. It's like a it's like a basement operation, but we're like really well funded. Yeah, that's sick. Dude. Yeah. Honestly, that really is because like I, I've obviously known you when you first started and like just oh, broke as shit. Bro. Yeah, I was in I've seen every day. Yeah, I, I've I've seen you where you were um, using your Excel app to uh, fund your money, make sure you had enough money for the month. That's right, dude. I I'm creating. I, I, I watched you stress out and freaking go crazy, and like, honestly, it's it's very like awesome to see you succeeding and like not stressing about the stupid shit you used to stress about, and like the fact that you mentioned to me like a couple weeks ago, like you're gonna finally get a new car, like mm-hmm. you're planning to do that, which is awesome because like you know you've been driving the the same Honda that like Honda Accord. Has, What's up? <laughs> That's uh, that's been giving you problems over the dude. I remember one time I, uh, you called me and you were getting gas and your car wouldn't restart. And I came down and helped you tap start the car. Yeah, you know? came, yeah. Ooh, I don't remember where your homie was, but he was like, "Don't ever do this." Yeah. And he walks down and he takes like what was it, like a nickel or some shit. He took he took the back of a screwdriver and tap oh, started yeah. the car. Yeah. yeah. He goes, "I don't recommend doing this, but like you know, you need it right now." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually did that again. Oh yeah, no, dude. Oh, no. Yeah, but. So. Yeah, I remember you from from those days stressing over shit. So like, I'm just so glad that like everything has uh, gone the direction mm-hmm. that you obviously kept pushing for. And like, you know, I'm also not shocked at all because you've always been the kid where you've always been hungry and you've always wanted to hustle and stuff like that. That's why like I always call you like Jake Hustle. Like, I don't even like calling your actual best name. That's what I'm talking Besides about. Jake the person, it could have gone either way. Course. Really, I think it, it, it was it was either complete failure or successful. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I'm honestly glad it's successful. No, no, no I appreciate that, man. Yeah, like, I, mean, I don't even tell you like how long we've been friends. Cool, like three years, four years. But like, it's been but like more than that, five years. I've known you since before I started managing the Italian restaurant you worked with me at, and that was 2012. Do you not say names? I mean, sounds. I could, but it's really not. Yeah, it it's, yeah. It's, it's I don't know if like there's like rules and regulations about. No, what, no, there's yeah. no rules or regulations on my show. I make no. the fucking rules. Like you know, I curse, I say whatever the hell I want, but you know, it's just not important. La Bottega. <laughs> you were fucking dying to say that, but yeah, 2012 was when I met you. Oh damn! So no, yeah, no yes, dude. 2012. No, no, not possible. How is that not possible? Because I didn't live in New York yet. So then it was probably 2013. I'm telling you, 
I'm 2014. No fucking way, 2014. You're nuts. I don't know. I don't remember when I moved here. I can't this is been that long ago. I remember because you worked here for a little bit, and then you went back home to to Maryland. Mm-hmm. Then you came back, worked, and then you did that again for another year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe it was your first year at Five Towns, or whatever. But I'm pretty freaking sure it was 2013. Hey man, anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking book. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, also, uh, for other people that don't know this, me and Jake did have our own podcast with uh, our good friend Ralph the Ref um, called Airplane Mode. It was all bangers. It was definitely, what did we have, four episodes, I think? Dude, I think we did more than that. Four or five, I'd probably say four or five. We had, we had a fan. We had a fan we that hit me fan. up regularly about <laughs> it. Yeah, really good guy. But, you know, that was a, that was a good-ass time. So it's, like, definitely really fucking awesome to still to be able to have a, a show and be able to bullshit with you for now, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, dude, like, to me, podcasting is, like, the coolest shit ever. Yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Oh, yeah. I think that it's a great way. I just like listening to conversations. Like, I mean, like thinking back on it now, I'm, like, like thinking back on the idea of it, maybe when I was younger, I'd be like, why am I, like... Like, my dad used to listen to NPR, and I was like, why are we listening to this bullshit? <laughs> but then I realized, like, just listening to converse, conversations that have some form of a purpose... I mean, everything goes on tangents, but there's some, like, idea behind it. Yeah. I think it's so fascinating. And so even if it's, like, janky and even if I walk on and I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, maybe, like, this instance right now, um, <laughs> it's just fun, dude. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, I always say, like, what's better than – I keep putting my hands in front of my fucking face like an idiot and then I don't hear myself too clear. Um, Neither do they. No, probably not. I mean, for the most part, probably, but I'll, I'll fix that. You know what it is? You don't have a mic in front of you? Yeah, so I, would, I should probably clear. buy like legitimate microphones and two just mics. put it like right in my throat. Yeah, two mics. Get a little mini. Get two yeah. mics. Hook them up. Put them down in front of you and you'll feel a little more like now I know like where I'm talking into. Now I know where to put my mouth. Yeah. Makes sense. Definitely makes sense. <laughs> um, we hit the one hour mark um, <laughs> do, you, um, do you have any final thoughts or anything you want to add anything you want to say talk about throw in there uh, dude I really hope that uh, there was like any useful information any what any useful information that was like hell yeah this was a fucking killer show that hour out. fucking flew by for us yeah dude. no definitely honestly and you know I definitely learned a lot about what you do and I guarantee the listeners that are going to tune in are going to learn about like, another side of the industry that they mm-hmm. don't get to see. And then what they'll do is in like five years, they'll see Black 17 making millions of dollars and having awesome talent. And they'll be like, yo, I'm pretty sure that guy was on Showtime Unplugged. Black 17 is a silent partner. We're not involved or named on any of our projects. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I talked about like what we were, what Black Seventeen is at all, but that's fine. That's perfectly good. What do you mean? Exactly what it means. You kind of did. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. I mean, you know, you spoke about what you guys do. Mm-hmm. That's- Sony sounds a lot more interesting. You know, because everyone knows Sony. Yeah. You know, but fuck them. Yeah. They're yeah. Gonna, it, Honestly, you they're know gonna- what? To your fans, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I've actually I, I don't even know what episode it was on, but I definitely cursed out a lot of people. That's good, dude. You used to do that on uh, Showtime Breezy. I did that on Showtime Breezy. I did that on airplane mode. I literally would call uh, my friend's rip sports radio station in Biggington, and I'd call in and talk about myself. That's right. 
Yeah. That was and, awesome. And yeah, and they, they knew me. That phone would ring and they'd be like, oh God, Showtime's on the line. And I'd be like, I just totally Ric Flair promo them and stuff and basically just disagree with all their points. And I'd take over their radio show. Yeah, I remember they didn't like you very much. No, definitely not. I mean, you helped me with videos showing them how goddamn creative That's and awesome right. I was. That's right. We had the, um, this is this is the changeup, and this is Showtime. And then I dropped the ball, and I was like, this is the changeup dropping the ball with Showtime. <laughs> and then we did the one where, oh, where you were shaking the cage mm-hmm. on the fence. And you're like, I can't get past this barrier. And I came over with the key, and I was like, well, I have the key to success. And I unlocked the gate, and I walked through, and I was like, follow me. And you made this <laughs> incredible face that is still the uh, – the background on my phone for when you call me, where you're like, you have like your hands on your hips and like you have this, I'm going to honestly post that picture on the Instagram so people know which one it is, but that is the funniest <laughs> fucking That might be the picture that I used of you pointing at your camera, taking a selfie behind someone's house burning down. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I would like to mention that no one got injured in that. And I was just doing a fake news forecast where our bars were on fire. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember seeing that day is uh, I got Jake the Cake, because your, your name used to be Jake the Cake, went live. And I was like, what the hell? Like, what could, you're not very... Um, you're no, not I don't very, do anything on social media. You're not, yeah, you don't really post much on social media. Just like kind of like super important things you do, but nothing like crazy. So I was like... This must be something wild. And then I tune in and here you are. You're fucking pointing a gun like and like uh, winking and shit at the uh, camera. And there's a house burning down. You're like, yo, look at this shit. Oh, and like you're going like back and forth. And I just remember peeing my pants, uh, screenshotting a lot of pictures, and then calling you directly after. And was like, dude, what the fuck were you doing? And you're like, yo, well, this house was burning down and I figured I'd like get wild. I was like, <laughs> like, well, you definitely succeeded in that. <laughs> I got a lot of negative uh, <laughs> feedback from that. And then people were like, instead of filming yourself, how would you help them? You're well, I called 911. Come on. I mean, yeah, you definitely... And they treat me like shit, by the way. <laughs> Honestly, every time I've called 911, they have not been helpful. That was the first time I ever called 911. And I was like, there's a house on fire. And they're like, where? And I was like, it's like, a, like one street from Hall Street. Like, we don't know where that is. And like... There's no way. There's there's no way that your only job like this has got to be your job to know this, right? Dude, I've had instances where I've called nine one one and they took fucking forever to respond. My stepdad one time passed out, but I never seen someone pass out, so I didn't know what to do, and it sounded like he was struggling breathing. So I called nine one one and I was like, "Yeah, my my stepdad is not breathing right now. I don't know what to do. Like, please send somebody. Like, this is my address." Then he's like, all right. She literally goes, all right, no problem. They're on their way. And fucking hung up on me. She didn't even give me tips or anything to do for my stepdad, who I said was not breathing. Okay? And then guess what? He wakes up like two minutes later. Um, and he's like, really wasn't sure what's going on. He goes, oh, no, I think I just passed out, this and this. I said, all right, well, there's an ambulance coming just in case. Like, He's like, all right, like whatever, no big deal. That ambulance didn't show up till 20 minutes after that fucking phone call, bro. You'd have been dead. 20 minutes. I was like, no one, no one told me CPR through the phone. No one told me to relax. They just straight up said, oh, they're coming. Damn. I'm like, oh, okay, great. And another time, uh, I had I had like a, a bar fight going on in the restaurant. <laughs> and I called it, I'm not getting involved. Fuck that. That's why the police patrol Main Street all fucking night, Friday and Saturday. 
It took them 15 minutes to get here. 15 minutes to break up a fight. I was like, just so you know, I literally said on the phone, I said, I'm not getting involved with this because um, my face is a moneymaker. So I will not be getting punched for two drunk idiots. Thank you. And literally 15 minutes. And the cops come in. Both guys already left. They're like, oh, so what seemed to happen here? I said, well, since you, you know, took your sweet-ass pimp time to fucking get in here, uh, you know, mm, I can't even tell you what fucking happened. Because it's pretty much useless now. There's no one here to help. There's no one here to get in trouble. There's no one here to do a fucking thing except for you to piss me off. So Maybe it was the moneymaker remark. No, I didn't actually say that on the phone. <laughs> but I told her straight up, I was like, I'm not getting involved in this fight. They could kill each other for all I care. But it's not going to be me anywhere in this. I'm just going to be a bystander, you know? There we go. When we but, call 911, it makes you not a bystander. Whatever. whatever. I mean, look, call 911 if there's a problem, but just the two times I've ever done it in my life, it was bad experience. Yeah, so I, I if I could write a Yelp, If I could write a Yelp review on it, I'd give him one star. Dude, one star. <laughs> one star. Did not save a life today. Oh, man. <laughs> that what that a shitty tangent. Oh, my God. All right, so... Yeah, anything else? No, nah, I think that's... Uh... I think I pretty much ended this episode like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty much just said fuck for... No, I didn't say fuck first responders. I said fuck the lady who answered the phone for 911. Because she was no help. And I think that does it. So... <laughs> well, I'm going to hell. Uh, anyway, so, Jake. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you for coming on. Uh, I definitely would love to have you on, like, down the line. I love, I want reoccurring guests and stuff like that. Sure, Catch absolutely. up on things, maybe uh, add some new flavor and new things that are going on, stuff like that. So if you're interested, I'd definitely love to have you on again. Absolutely, man. Well, fuck yeah. I appreciate that. And right. um, for me, again, Johnny Showtime. Everybody, Jake, the personal trainer. Signing out. Signing out. So uh, everyone, enjoy. And uh, thank you again for all your support. Peace, love, and showtime.